On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every 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 day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show. This is a beautiful day outside. Birds are chirping. The lawn's being, you know, watered. Everything's great. Worms are up. Birds are eating. But here's the thing. We got Tatum Everett coming up on the Ron Johnson Show today. She's going to talk about Mike Zimmer versus Kevin O'Connell. How's the vibe? What's the vibe check in the office? London. Is she going? Is she not? Is she excited? And then New Orleans. Is that a game that we should be worried about now? Because I originally thought that was an easy win in London because of the team makeup, and now the team's gotten better. We're also going to have the Daily Three, of course. We're going to talk a little bit of Twins. I've said the Twins have to win two to one in most of these next two series, and then I think the Tigers, I think they could blow the doors off and go four to one. You got Correa back. You got Buxton uh, considering playing some, and then not. He played the whole game, though, 14 to four. I don't think it was worth it. Take him out. Get that half game back. They say get a half game out of a player's tough in baseball because of all they have to do to warm up. I thought that was preposterous because I don't think there's a ton they need to do to warm up, but that's just me. And then we have to talk about the NBA a little bit, but not in too much. But then, of course, Vikings. What is what's going on in that locker room? As I bring my producer in, Sam Ekstrom. Sam, on today's show, though, Sam, we haven't talked a lot. And you reminded me of this, and I, I feel bad. We haven't talked a lot about Gophers football. We did have Ron Dane on, but that was kind of an overarching message. If you haven't seen the Ron Dane uh, interview, please go back and check it. He talked about mm -hmm. rowing the boat and uh, what he thinks of P.J. Fleck. I think that was really uh, interesting uh, coming from a Badger uh, because it could have went so many directions. But Ron Dane's a good guy. Uh, he kept it real, kept it honest, so check that out. But as we talk about Gopher football, Sam, when you look at the makeup of this Gopher team and you look at Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota. You got people actually picking Minnesota to win the Big Ten West. Not the overall Big Ten, but the West, going to the championship. And I think the last three years, so 2019, 20, 21, uh, you could make that argument. 21 was a little bit of a letdown when Mo Ibram tore his Achilles. You still had a bunch of guys, a bunch of running backs come in and, and do some great work. But I think uh, the, the tip of the spear that year would have been Mo Ibram. Um, that was the guy that was going to get them going. That was the guy that was going to run through teams like Bowling Green, uh, run through teams. I mean, he, the way he ran through Ohio State, Oh, he was going to run through Bowling Green. He was going to run through. I mean, they already killed Colorado, but he was going to run through Illinois. He was going to run through uh, Indiana. Um, he would have run through Iowa. Like when you look at some of the games they lost and the reason why they lost, they were missing a guy like that, 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 that was the best running back in, in college football at that point. Um, probably wouldn't have come back for another year if he would have had the year we thought, which was, you know, contending for the Heisman Trophy, like being in that top five, at least for the Heisman. Uh, definitely Doak Walker being in the top three for the Doak Walker. Uh, when he went down, it was like somebody took a needle and popped a balloon in, T in uh, it was TCF Bank at the time, honey, or no, it might've been Huntington by then, Huntington Bank Stadium. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at Mo Ibram and Huntington Bank Stadium, I was there that night. Um, saw the highlights of us beating Ohio State when I played on Fox Sports. Why? Because everybody was tweeting and texting me, hey, man, they just showed the game against Ohio State in 1999, I think, or 2000, whatever, 1999, or I don't even know what year that was. Um, <laughs> I think it was probably 2000. My, my memory is terrible now. Uh, but, you know, everybody's talking about the game, and I'm like, great, so we're going to do it again. And then Mo goes down because it was close. 
Um, but now looking at the new season outlook, and I go back to 2019, Sam. Um, Sam, first your thoughts initially on this Gopher team. Like, are the expectations where they should be? Um, are, are people kind of like, is it? And, and there's a the thing too. Like, I think the lack of Gopher talk is because of the success of every other sport in town. Normally, the Timberwolves are done a long time ago, and Pat Bev is not on TV. Nobody cares about the Timberwolves conversation. Uh, use not say usually, but the the the, the Wild kind of where they are. They're they're usually a pretty decent team, and then it's always down to the end of the playoffs. Can they get in? Can they not get in? Once they get in, can they make some noise? No, they're done. Let's figure out next year. And so when you look at the Wild, uh, they were there. But then the Twins, the Twins starting out as hot as they're starting out right now, winning these series two to one, winning games, you know, the rubber match. It was one to one. And then they win the rubber match games where in the past, that's a game they lose. And then they start going one and two, one and two, one and two. Next thing you know, they're below 500. But they are, they're, they're, they're confident. You know, they have a guy in Carlos Correa who has a nice bat. He's a great fielder. You have Byron Buxton, whose bats come alive. Uh, he just has to stay healthy. Great fielder as well, like makes plays. Um, but And then the, the 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 bullpen is not like something you write home to mom about. Like it's not Randy Johnson and, you know, you know guys you were like, man, he, it's a scary, but it's a team that's efficient though. You know, you look at uh, the, the, the wins, the hits, the walks, sorry, the walks, the hits, the innings pitch for these pitchers. They're efficient. The coaches are doing a great job. The general manager or the uh the, the GM is doing a great job. That the uh the manager, sorry, not general, but the manager's doing a great job uh getting the game going and, and, and managing these pitchers. And the pitching staff is doing a great job communicating. Um, it everything's right now is working, and that happens when you win. So maybe that's why the gophers aren't getting the talk. But Sam, when you go, like, what is your thoughts on that as far as the gophers go right now? So I think the Gophers have to do a lot in this town to, to really get noticed because of all the other professional sports distractions. This is a Vikings town. The Twins capture the attention when they're good. When the Wild and Wolves are in the playoffs, you're right. People are focused on them. They're not, they're not focused on off-season Gophers, whether it's basketball, whether it's uh, football. Now, I think there's a similarity a little bit between the Vikings and the Gophers in that both teams had solid but not great seasons, um, and I think both teams might have expected a quarterback change. The Vikings didn't end up changing quarterbacks. The Gophers won't end up changing quarterbacks because Tanner Morgan's coming back. Um, the Gophers were two bad losses away from being an 11-win team. If they go 11-2 last year, I feel like people are talking about them more, but when you lose to Bowling Green, you lose to Illinois— and you do so in kind of lackluster fashion. Like, that was not that exciting of a Gophers team to watch. It wasn't like they were lighting up the scoreboard. They weren't passing the ball very much. It was a ground-and-pound, play-defense kind of team, which isn't right. all that, you know, that that's not an aesthetically pleasing way of playing oftentimes. They kind of won ugly once in a while, and they lost the big game to Iowa late in the year, kind of reminiscent of, of three years ago when they lost to Iowa late. Um, and cost themselves a chance in the Big Ten title game. So I think fans, fans of the Gophers have kind of gotten used to these eight, nine win seasons, right, Ron? That's yep. a good thing. You're getting used to making bowl games. That's great. Now, how do they take the next step? And I think Gophers fans are a little weary of being stuck there just below the top. They want to get to that Big Ten championship game and at least have a crack at a Michigan or an Ohio State. Yeah, and so this is where I go with this. It's about moments or momentum. Is it the moment or was it the momentum? And so when you think about 2019, Tanner Morgan, 
3,200 yards passing, almost 3,300 yards passing. Mo Ibram, 1,100 yards, almost 1,200 yards rushing. Tyler Johnson, 1,300 yards receiving. Rashad Bateman, 1,200 yards receiving. So you have four guys that accounted for 5,000, 5,000 offensive yards in four individuals, three uh, of, of which, you know, gave you close to 3,500 yards of production, two receivers and the running back. Tanner Morgan, 3,200 yards passing. Fast forward, you go to 2021. Tanner Morgan, 2,000 yards. So that's 1,200 yards he lost in the air. There was not a single individual in that offensive room that went for 1,000 yards on the ground or in the air. And that's the problem. The momentum of 20, or sorry, yeah, 2019 was huge. You look at the Penn State win. You look at going then to Auburn and being an SEC team as, as, as Tatum, uh, we were going to talk to her about SEC football and how important it is. The Gophers dominated the SEC Auburn. Everybody assumed Auburn would, you know, the SEC would beat the Big Ten that year and all this other stuff. No, Minnesota dominated, had a great game. Tyler Johnson, big plays. Uh, Chris Hoffman Bell had some plays. Tanner Morgan made some great throws. Um, that's that's the team when you look at Kirk Sharaka. And it wasn't even, sorry, and it wasn't Mo Ibrahim. It was um, Rodney Smith that year with the yards, not, not Mo Ibrahim. Rodney Smith, Mo Ibrahim that year in 2019 only had about, I think, 600, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Mo Ibrahim had 604. Rodney Smith had 1,100, almost 1,200 yards. And so when you look at that, you look at the way Kirk Sharaka controlled that offense, the things he did. And then you bring in, Mike Sanford Jr. And I go back to that. Was it momentum or was it the moment? The moment for Mike Sanford Jr. was too big. It was just too big of a moment. Like he was not prepared for some of this Big Ten football coming from a smaller school. He was not prepared for the speed of some of these guys. He was not prepared for that moment to say, this is my time. Um, you know, when I think about moments, I go back to 8 Mile with Eminem. You know, knees weak, arms are sweaty, his vomit on the floor, his mom's spaghetti. Like, that's what I think. You know, and I hear the train tracks in the background. You're walking slow, hoodie up. You're coming through the tunnel. And the moment was just too big. You look at his check with me's. He's having the guys check with him with seven seconds to go sometimes. And I tweeted this out over and over and over again watching these games. You cannot do check with me under 10 seconds. It's just not enough time to look over at the coach get the play, come back, do all the stuff you got to do, and then hurry up and snap the ball. Because if you make any movements, now the defense knows right away, and you don't have time to counter their movement. And so you, if you're going to do check with me, watch Northwestern from back even when I played. Check with me is not new. It's just on Twitter now. But check with me was Northwestern when I played. I hated that. I hated Zach Kustak and Damian Anderson looking over at the coach, and then they're coming back, and all of a sudden they got the perfect play drawn up. By the way, we lost to a Hail Mary in that game in the Metrodome. Heartbreaker. Uh, but yep. when you look at when you look at that check with me offense Northwestern did, go back and watch Northwestern. They were doing check with me with 20-ish seconds to go on the clock, 15 at the least. They're checking, and then they're literally being able to change the play or run the play. Um, it's, it's just, it was too much 
for what he wanted. And honestly, too, with COVID, there just wasn't enough time together. It was a lot of virtual meetings, a lot of like, you know, not time to sit down and have a conversation with your quarterback and, and really be around them and have a bunch of guys in the room together because of COVID. And so Mike Sanford Jr. became the moment. Now it's time to ride the momentum again. You got Kirk Sharaka back. You got P.J. Fleck. You know, you still got Tanner Morgan. You got, you know, Mo Ibram. Uh, uh, Chris Altman Bell. Now you add a Dalen Wright who's going to get better. He just has to mentally stay in the game. You know, these guys are going to get better, but you look at this defense. You got Tyler Newbin, who is now a veteran. Big, tall, long. Reminds me of Malcolm Jenkins at safety. You know, that's that's the thing the Gophers have to ride this wave of. They just have to find some pieces. They have to find a linebacker that's going to move fast sideline to sideline. You know, that was always a question marks for Mariano Sori Marin uh, was his speed sideline to sideline. But then when he got additional linebackers to help him and Jack Gibbons, then you saw Mariano Sori Marin moving fast because he's not having to think for everybody. He's able to just play. And I think that was the difference. Mariano Sori Marin wasn't slow. He just was thinking too much because he was so worried about other guys missing stuff, missing assignments, not being where they're supposed to be. And then you get you get players in to help you out a little bit last year. And he was moving faster, looked way better. But as far as the the hype, I think it's well, it's it's worth it. I think this team is going to be good. I think they're going to be in that top three of the West again. Um, the lack of like hype around them, though, from the fans and from Twitter and all the people talking about, I, I honestly, I just think it's you know, you look at the twenty twenty three recruiting class. They've they've signed two, uh, three, two, three, four, five, and six. Um, are all basically committed to the Gophers. Number one is Jackson Howard out of Cooper High School, not committed yet. I think he's going to commit to Minnesota. I would if I were him. I mean, LSU, uh, he had his final four, which was like LSU, Miami, uh, Michigan, Minnesota. This is the thing I say about kids all the time. You go to some of these schools that recruit these big-time guys every single year, you got to bring that every single day. You go to the Gophers, not say they don't get it, but you go to Gophers, your home, your comfort, you got your family, and then they're willing to grow you and allow you to become a star and do the things to make you great. Um, I look at, at, at Hurt going to Duke. If he went to Minnesota, he probably is on an on NBA team right now because he's going to get to play more like Coffee did. Um, th there's something said to that, being able to play and actually get showcased. And so that's what I look at with the Gophers right now. It's just so much other stuff showcased around Minnesota and doing well that – they're just, they're waiting. People are waiting for, you know, training camp for the Gophers to start. The Vikings have a new head coach. So they're taking over the headlines. It's it's new. It's exciting. Dalvin Cook's posting passes online because he heard Kevin O'Connell say we want to utilize the running back. I mean, it's just so much going on. Uh, I think the Gophers are waiting in the weeds. They're like a Cobra waiting to strike, and they're going to get it done this year. Well, coming up next, we got Tatum Everett, Vikings Entertainment Network superstar, Stay tuned for that. If you enjoy the Ron Johnson show, you enjoy our other daily shows on Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's Superior Sports Talk. That's one of them. Talk with Care 11 Sports Director Reggie Wilson and co-host Luke Inman. Whether it's Twins, Vikings, Wolves, or Wild Links. I mean, let's just throw it all in there. Whitecaps. Reggie and Luke have it covered with all the breaking news and big opinions. Catch the show five days a week by subscribing to Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. Now we have Tatum Everett coming up on the Ron Johnson Show. I want to bring Tatum Everett in. Tatum works for the Vikings. She's on the VEN team. She runs it, basically. Every show I'm on with the VEN, Tatum runs it. <laughs> uh, most recently, if you're, if you're a TikTok fan, Tatum TikTok me and Gabe. I don't even know if that's a thing to be TikToked, but I was TikToked by Tatum. 
Uh, she did the the one where she made us think we were in a picture and she wanted us out of the shot. And that was the video. I had no idea. I am too old uh, to know some of these trends. Uh, Gabe <laughs> figured it out. But literally, I even once the video was done, I still I, I so felt fun. like my dad. I felt like my dad. Like I still had no idea what was going on. You did something that a lot of people wanted to do, which is go to the NFL draft and not just because of the draft. Like. The NFL draft is coming up, I think, in Detroit at some point. I'm not sure. Like, mm -hmm. I'm super excited. I'm from Detroit. It'd be great to go home, see my family, but I'm not super excited right. to go back home. Um, but Vegas, you got to go to Vegas and cover the NFL draft. How was that experience? Well, it was amazing. It's actually been my second NFL draft. I was working in Nashville for the Fox affiliate when we played, or excuse me, when the Nashville hosted the NFL draft, and it was a spectacle. And, and I'm with you, like, I've never been to Detroit, so I have no idea what it's going to look like. But I think the most surprising part for me was that there was only, you know, 21 guys that were at the draft. And if we're talking like some of the highest draft picks are choosing to stay home, if they don't even go to Vegas, I just I worry down the line for smaller cities or cities that may not have as much of a star pull as we're thinking. But but to your point, Vegas was was really, really cool. I mean, the the ability for the NFL to just like infiltrate an area and take over a city for a few days is amazing. There were so many fans, so many people who were there for the draft, obviously. The stage was beautiful. Like they spend weeks putting it together. I mean, down to like, you know, dressing Caesar up in like an NFL t-shirt and having him like wearing like, the flag and stuff, like the statue outside of Caesar. So, I mean, they think of everything, all the details, all the signage. So it's just an absolute like experience. And then there's also the draft, you know, like it's kind <laughs> of like that's that's like the back burner sometimes, right? It's like Vegas. Hey, it's the draft. We still got to see these guys get drafted. Uh, but looking at the draft, draft is done. Um, what player that the Vikings drafted? Uh, either one you have a great story about because you've interviewed them. I know you interview most of the guys. You've seen them out there. Or two, you're just excited to see them, um, not so much in preseason, but in live game action. I'm excited about the corners, honestly. Like, I I was very lucky uh, to talk to a lot of these guys and seen so many of them. And I'll say this about all of them collectively. I don't. I think there might be one or two that I haven't had a chance to speak to just really solid guys there. I mean, you saw them the other day, Ron, too. Like, they just seem like really solid guys who have a good head on their shoulders, who are really excited to come in here and feel very lucky to be here. Um, a guy like a Caleb Evans, I think, is kind of like an underrated guy. Um, new age corner, he's got the length and the range, and I'm excited to see how that can maybe translate now that he's, like, alongside his idol in life, Patrick Peterson. Um, the kid just gets it. Uh, I'm excited about Brian Asamoa. I know the special teams coordinator, Matt Daniels, here is also very excited about Brian Asamoa and the, his ability to be a day one contributor on special teams. Um, but also just because he's a guy that can go in and, um, and learn alongside Jordan Hicks and Eric Kendricks. And you've got a lot of these veterans that are able to really bring these guys within the fold and just the smiles and the laughter around here has been contagious. It's it's so cliche to say like this whole fresh start. <laughs> that's what we keep hearing. Like you're on shows that say new era, like all that kind of stuff feels a little cliche, but honestly, like there is that feeling. So I don't feel like disingenuous saying that all the time. 
And you've been around last year. So you were around the organization last year. We were both there. Um, and now with this new organization, uh, one, it is a big difference when COVID is lifted. I think that's a big part of it, too. Like the past two years of For covering sure. the NFL have been extremely stressful, um, I'd say, with tests and, you know, not being able to be around certain people, concern. Like when I saw the rookies and you bought that up, I was like, you know, I didn't really say anything. I knew a says he, so it was like, you're a gopher. I can talk to you. I had already interviewed Louis Seen, but like Brian Asamoah, I didn't know him. And he later, I don't mm -hmm. know if you saw that, he later was like, oh, so we can talk now? And I was just like, oh, I was like, my bad, man. I was like, I just didn't know what the rules are for people yeah. you don't know. Like, it was so different. Yeah. And so when you say that, what's been the biggest, like, vibe difference in the office space? Because you're in the office spaces. You're in it right sure. now. Uh, yeah. What's the biggest vibe? I mean, as they would say in TikTok, the vibe check. Uh, what's the what's vibe, the vibe the check? Vibes, yep. <laughs> yeah, the vibe check. That is good. Um, <laughs> I don't. I'm not saying this negatively towards anyone who was previously here. You know, I. I just and a lot of that I think for me had to do with COVID. I didn't get to know the staff as well. I didn't get to know the players as well because of COVID coming in here. Everything was very different. And right now it's, you know, we all know back in December, there was a little bit more leniency and then the pandemic, you know, the rules kind of slid and the NFL is allowing people to be around each other and whatnot. And so that's really helped, I think, the atmosphere here. Um, as far as, you know, these coaches and players go, especially with the coaching staff, like they'll talk to anybody, which is fantastic. Like, They'll answer your questions. They want to know who you are. They want to know your name. They want to know what you do, where you work. And it's, it reminds me a lot of like, if everybody was to like start a company tomorrow and like most of the people are, or, or a huge population joins and then there's like, you're not the new person anymore. And so you understand, at least from my perspective, what they're going through. But then I'm also like, wow, y'all are new to me. I'm new to you. Like, this is kind of like a, a neat playing ground, uh, playing field for me, at least, um, no knock against anyone that we worked with previously, because like I said, I, I just don't have enough experience to really talk firsthand um, on the relationships with that because I was during COVID and we didn't have a lot of time to form them. Obviously, it was here from like June to December so, uh, <laughs> or January, whatever it was. Sorry. But um, but yeah, so it, it, it really is a different vibe around here. I love it. Like I'm I'm hoping that that yields results. Like I do realize we're still kind of in that honeymoon period where everything's good on paper, you know, the players are having fun at practice, they're learning, but like executing obviously is going to, it's going to obviously come down to that. Yeah. And this is what I'll say. I mean, I was around there. So I've, I've had interactions with Mike Zimmer that were, were completely like funny. Yeah. Like he would, he would say stuff to me. Uh, he would bring up something I might've said on K fan that I didn't think he was listening. And, you know, he was like, Oh, I heard that. And oh, no, like I do that. not like, I, I don't <laughs> like, cause I, I think I brought up like the coaches don't care when the fans do the wave at weird parts. And he was like, I do care. It is dumb, you know? And so, and, and, and Mary, <laughs> his I'll assistant, <laughs> right. And Mary, his assistant kind of looked at me and she's like, that's, that's, that's how Zim, that's how you know, Zim cares. Like he's, he just doesn't know how to express it, you know, but and I, cause I was kind of confused, like, wait, what? Like the wave, like, what are you talking about? But you know, that, that was them. And same with Spillman. Spillman and I, you know, he would come on Fox nine and interview, yeah. you know, do interviews. He would talk to us outside of that. He would make jokes about yeah. the things I did in my life with Adidas and uh, you know, the Gophers and, and Ronnie, you know, his son, and then his other son, JD being in a big tit. So, you know, it, I think for some, you get one vibe and then others get a different vibe. And so that's, that's, everybody is yes. going to be different. 
Um, mm -hmm. And we had uh, Roy Williams on, former Cowboy, and he said Mike Zimmer was great. And then when he became a head coach, like everything's on your shoulders. So I think we forgot that too. Like you can be fun loving and cool when you're the coordinator, but when you're the head coach, every single decision matters. And every single decision comes down to you. And then this whole COVID thing, I think, created tension between people. Um, and so Tatum, I, I, I want to, I want to bring up something because for some people that don't know the y'all, I heard the y'all come out. And so, you know, you're, oh, did you're I an, say that? Oh yeah. You're an <laughs> LSU uh, grad, you and Hobie Artigue. Uh, both went to LSU, but there's a lot of LSU connections here now. I know Derek Stingley, we were mm -hmm. hoping, you know, that would be another LSU guy, but you know, you, nice. you, you add in Ed Ingram, you have Patrick Peterson, um, you know, when you, Daniil Hunter. So when you look at that kind of LSU connection, and then of course you still got Clemson, you, you, you got some South schools, you know, that are now Missouri, that's kind of yeah. Southish. Um, what is one thing about <laughs> technically? What is one thing about uh, it's the Mason Dixon line? What is one thing? <laughs> I mean, I guess about, they're in the SEC, right? So. Yeah. Well, no, I think they're in the ACC. Nah, they're in the SEC. They have Clemson. Been. Oh, Missouri is. Really yeah, no, I'm beginning. sorry. I was thinking Clemson. Oh, sorry. Missouri. Oh, I was Clemson. Talking about, okay, sorry. But yeah, Missouri. Yes, yeah. Missouri yeah. did go from the, the Big South. Twelve Clemson's to the, the SEC. Um, I think they should go to the Big Ten, but that's a whole other conversation. Uh, but when you look at this this South kind of connection and you being from LSU and then you seeing, you know, a guy like Patrick Peterson, you see a guy like Lewisine come from Georgia, you know, another SEC guy. Uh, what, what do you remember? What do you think it is about SEC football um, that these guys can kind of rally around each other and create that? Because Lewisine said, I've won everywhere I went. You know, that was one of the statements he made yes. on, on our podcast. And so you know, in LSU, LSU has been successful. You know, what, what, what sure. can that mindset do when you get a bunch of new guys, you got old guys and you got new coaches who are to willing win. to yeah. create a culture. Uh, can you see that culture growing within the building? For sure. I mean, guys that win know how to win, right? You build that mindset. It's, it's already there. And I, 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 I'm a homer when it comes to SEC football. It's what I grew up on, but the way that I think about football and the way that I've loved football is because that is that is the sport to Southerners or, you know, especially for me being in South Louisiana, that was our hockey for Minnesotans, right? Like, like <laughs> the state sport. I mean, I'm not saying that officially, like people don't come at me, but like they'll probably agree with me. Like football is where that lies. Um, the state of football, <laughs> but you know what? And it's not, you might, you might want to coin that phrase. Cause I don't think anybody calls themselves the state of football yet. I know state of hockey is here, no, but, um, but yeah, you might, you might have to own that one. You're right. Look, <laughs> all I'm saying is per capita, Louisiana is the most NFL players in the country per capita. So, um, they, they know how to send guys into the NFL. And I even have talked to a lot of the coaches here who have recruited or been strange connections. Cause obviously DB's coach. Durante Jones here yep. was the defensive coordinator at LSU last year. He's back. There's a few guys that have coached. Um, I, actually, I think it was Durante. He's like coached down in like Homa before, Homa, Louisiana. So like he knows the ties. It's just like the way of life down there. Um, but to your point about being in the SEC, I feel like a lot of these guys, they see that type of talent all the time. And when you're, when you're playing for a guy like Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, you're already in that type of, NFL system, right? Like you, mm -hmm. they don't treat their programs any differently. And so you already kind of know what the expectations are, know what to expect. And it translates a little bit easier here. Um, 
you know, and, and that's just my experience with SEC football because I've all, you know, I grew up around it. It's always, especially in recent season, has just been like a dominant force. Much, much thanks to the Nick Saban's, sometimes LSU's, sometimes Georgia's of the world. You know. Yeah, and so I'm not gonna make you pick like a season record or anything like that. We'll wait till later during training camp, maybe preseason. We'll get you yeah, back on yeah. and Caroline we'll do make some predictions, Ron. You know yeah, that. Yeah, do some, do some. <laughs> but let's talk. Let's stay in the South, New Orleans. Okay. You know that's your area. They are getting better and better every day. Like they've added Tyron Matthew now. Uh, their draft was great. They got Jarvis Landry, like another LSU guy. Well, two LSU guys right there. So they've they're if getting they want to get the fan base hyped, they did with those guys. <laughs> And they're getting better and better. And then now Drew Brees, because of that roster, Drew Brees made the statement that he might come back. Um, And I don't think anybody in New Orleans would say no to that one because when you see the success Tom Brady had. When you look at New Orleans going to London, playing the Vikings, and I think you get to travel, right? You going to London? I'm not sure yet. I am fingers crossed for that game for (laughs) obvious reasons. Because it's the team from my hometown, but also because – it's like right, right on my birthday. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh. So you might want to drop yeah, a note to Brian Harper. Just remind him, like, hey, oh, Brian, you just know, you know I, oh, I am. My I birthday is the around the London game. If anybody's missing yeah. a plane ticket, Look, I'll take it. Exactly. <laughs> but if you get to go to London, like, so let's I'm let's. Upset, like, when is your birthday? First, when is your birthday? September 29th, which is right. September 29th. So let's speak it into I, existence. What What do you want to do in speak London? It, right. If you go, if you go to London, what, what, what are you looking forward to about the London game? And if you're there? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think it's great for the Vikings to not play in the Superdome, right? Like it's never yep. really gone well there. And um, I always, I always make this analogy in recent years too. The Vikings like have the Saints number in the postseason, but the Saints have been able to beat the Vikings during the regular season. And if you ask me, that's the way I'd want it, right? Like you don't mm-hmm. want it to be the other way around. Um, it's a, it's two teams that since moving here, I've really realized this, that just don't like each other. And that is yeah. totally okay. Um, so I think putting it in a neutral site kind of makes things a little bit interesting because you're not, no one has a real home field advantage. People are going to watch this matchup because of the bad blood. So mm-hmm. I, I really do think this is one of the most exciting games outside of, you know, some of those divisional matchups or the holiday games and, and that's actually taking like the London perspective out of it and just okay. thinking about it being like a neutral site game. But if I'm thinking from like, you know me, I'm news background. I used to work in local TV and mm-hmm. be a sports anchor like Hopi. And um, when I think of going to London, I think of just learning and getting to know the fan base that's there. Right. Because like you've got all these fans in Minnesota and the surrounding areas that are Vikings fans all across the country. And we kind of understand the culture there. But like those guys wake up at like or stay up till four in the morning watching games because of the time difference. Like, yeah, it's really, really cool to be able to put faces to names in the UK and in that area that are Vikings fans because they have a huge contingency. They call themselves the late night Vikes. They have like coffee mugs with the the stuff on it because they have to drink (laughs) their tea while watching it. Right. Because it's like obviously super late at night, um, early in the morning. And so, I mean, that that's what's really cool. I think that telling those stories and understanding those people to just help Vikings fans know that, like, globally there's this connection, I think that's actually pretty cool. Well, hopefully we can get some fans out there to tweet to the Vikings. Tatum's birthday present is going to be getting her to London. Uh, but I want to thank Tatum ever for joining me on the Ron Start Johnson the Show. Start the movement. Start the movement. Hashtag Tatum in London. 
Uh, but thank you for joining me on the Rod Johnson Show. Up next, we got the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each, and we'll be back after this. Do you want instant post-game reaction from insiders that cover your favorite sports teams? Well, check out our Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Following every Twins, Vikings, Wild, Lynx, or Wolves game, our Locked On team hosts are broadcasting live with team insiders like Kevin Gore for the Wild and Brandon Warren for the Twins. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel. Well, it's that time of day. It's time for the Daily Three. Got to get your daily dose of that. That's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away, Sam. Twins fans infuriated. Carlos Correa is back from injury. You think that would be good news, but the associated move with that was that Royce Lewis was sent back to AAA. He hit 308, Ron, in his 11 games with the Twins, and they can't find a spot for him in the outfield, at first base, at DH. They send him back to AAA. Fans very upset. What are your thoughts? Uh, deal with it. And this is the thing, though. <laughs> this is the thing about baseball, man. Honestly, like, coaches do things for a reason. And so whether they like the Correa matchup, they think Royce Lewis might have been just, you know, maybe they don't think it's sustainable at where he's at. But, again, I, I think you should try it. But at the same time, I'm always going to trust a coach. Like, I think coaches, you know, they have to live with their decisions after the fact. Then we can look back and say, man, that was a dumb decision. But, but starting out early – um, the thing is like, yeah, we're going to bring Carlos Correa back. This is kind of the easy move, um, to get him back. And so it's not like it's a death sentence. He's not off the team. Um, they just send him back to AAA and, and I don't know the rules. Is it like, is it 10 games? He has to stay down or what is it? Or is it, can they bring him back up anytime? Yeah, I don't know exactly. I think that if there's not an injury or illness, then they would have to wait a certain amount of games to bring him back. But right. if someone got hurt, then I think they'd be allowed to bring him back right away. Right. And so when you look at the Twins, you know, 22 and 16 right now on an absolute tear, 13 and 8 at home, 9 and 8 on the road. The last 10, though, and I always talk about those last 10 games, they're 5 and 5. And so when you think about the Twins and who they have coming up, you look at what's going to happen next. I mean, when you look at the Guardians, uh, when we talk about the Royals, we talk about the Tigers, um, all below them, 16 and 18, 14 and 22, and 13 and 25 on the lowly Detroit Tigers. And so I just think, fans, let's just ride this out. Let's just see what happens when he brings Correa back up. That's the star. That's the guy we all wanted. That's the guy getting paid a ton of money. That's the decision that matters. Um, getting him back up there. Hopefully, you know, you don't see a Buxton injury that has to get, you know, Royce Lewis back up. Um, you know, I know that, like I said, there's talk of him making it through an entire game, 14 to four and no injury where people are like, man, you should have pulled him like, cause we're winning. It only takes one like toe to hit the wall or him to do something crazy and go after a ball that does not matter when you're up 14 to four and he's out or he's just sprints too hard because he didn't warm up well enough. Uh, people are blaming the short, uh, uh, spring, uh, that they didn't have enough spring training. And that's why there's some injuries out there with the twins, but nobody else is getting hurt. Like the Yankees aren't having guys get hurt. Um, it's it's just the it's the Minnesota thing. The Astros don't have guys just falling like flies. Um, I just think we love to find ways to play victim in Minnesota, and and that's one of them. We're gonna we're gonna blame spring training on on Buxton and Correa's injuries. No, it's just bad luck. It's just what happens. 
Um, that's why you got to hope when it comes to this Viking season that they get it going and don't come up with injuries. But no, I'm fine with it. I, let's see these next 10. You got the Tigers five game stretch in there. Let's see what they look like with this with this group they put together now. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand the angst. I think people want to see a good player on the field for the major league team. And there are some guys that that aren't hitting very well for the Twins right now. You know, yeah. Jose Miranda, who they called up. Yeah, I don't think he's even hitting 100. So to send someone down who is being productive, I get the frustration. I also understand that he's 22 years old, I think, maybe 23, and they want him to get at-bats every day and play his natural position. Yeah. Vikings talk, Ron. Mm -hmm. uh, we posted a clip on our YouTube channel of uh, Zadarius Smith talking about his friendship with Daniil Hunter. Those two were seen on the sideline playing catch with each other during warm-ups, uh, kind of really seeming like a, a tandem already. They're, they're already super tight. How many sacks do you think Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter combine for this year, Ron? Yeah, every time I see them together, I, I just I hear that song in my head. People, let me tell you about my best friend. I mean, like it, it's cool to see. I think it's a Darius Smith. For him, it's a new era. It's a breath of fresh air when you get to go somewhere new and you kind of just get to reinvent yourself. Uh, you you become a new type of weapon leader in that locker room. Uh, but together, this is the key in this three four. Uh, if you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, I always go back to the Steelers because I think that's one of the best three fours I've seen as far as disguising who's going to rush. Nine times out of ten, we know T.J. Watt's coming. Uh, but they do disguise, and he does drop back and cover you know, space. He does run with uh, the crossing route every once in a while uh, when it's a running back or tight end. Uh, but T.J. Watt's coming, so that's going to be Daniil Hunter. He's going to be – he's going to go. Uh, Zadarius Smith is going to try to go as well. Daniil might go from the five. He might come from standing up. He might loop. Uh, but together, if I want to see them on the same side every once in a while, too. Put Daniil at the five on the same side as Darius. Bring in Brian Osamoa and let him play outside, you know, spy. I think they can get I'm, – I'm going to be a little bullish, but I think they can get, like, minimum – I think minimum has got to be 15 combined. I think 15 combined sacks is, like, on the low end where that's each getting seven and a half. I don't think that's going to be hard to get. I don't think that should be, like, a, a – a high goal to get i might look back on this and be like man i was way too i i went way too out on the limb on them but both of them and their healthy times are absolute monsters as far as just frustrating quarterbacks and offensive linemen and all the the, the spin moves and all that like daniel with that stutter high kick step and then the the spin and the whip and then the you know he kind of does the pull where he grabs and throws the guys by because his arms are so long and strong so yeah, I don't think 15 is a lot. That's that's where I think they can get. I mean, I think they can go higher if healthy. I mean, if you look at their their career numbers, uh starting okay, started games for Zadarius 48, total sacks 44 and a half. So he's about a sack per start. Daniil Hunter's right there too, 56 starts, 60 and a half sacks. So if they're healthy, both starting for 17 games. That's 34 combined games. I feel like I feel like 30 is the number if if they're healthy. That's, That's the bigger lot. question to me. If they are a lot. if they are both healthy, I think that they can attain 30. I'm I'm that's the limb I'm going out on. Now okay. I, I think it's a limb to say they're both going to be healthy because they're both coming off injuries. So maybe the number is more like 22. But I think if they're on the field for 17 games, why can't they get 30? Mm, maybe I, I'm I'm with you on that. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a I'm lot. bullish. I know. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. But hey, we we, we make bold statements. <laughs> they might on this do it show. though. Yeah, they might do it. Ryan Day, Ohio State football coach, has received an extension through 2028. He will be paid, Ron. I think it's just shy of uh, your salary here on Locked On, $9.5 million per year. So just a little shy. I ask you this. Do you believe that Ryan Day is truly the best coach in the Big Ten, or does he just benefit from the great recruiting ground at Ohio State? The great recruiting ground. Um, not, nothing against Ryan Day. I think he's a great coach. Um, but he definitely uh, has an embarrassment of riches. Um, Glenn Mason used to always say this. Don't stand on third base and assume you hit the triple. Um, I've seen, like in my daughter's softball, I've seen parents literally post that their daughter got a triple or a double today. And then when you actually see the play, it's a ground ball to the pitcher. Pitcher throws it over the first baseman's head. Second baseman throws it over, or first baseman throws it over second base's head, and then the girl gets the third, and the mom's, like, celebrating like she got a triple. No, she got a single on errors, and then she got to third base on two more errors because even the single should have been out because it was to the pitcher. Um, so I've seen that, and that's what I feel like. Like, don't stand on third base and assume you did this work. Ohio State started doing this work unfortunately i mean he i don't have a problem with his coaching just some of his antics but urban meyer urban meyer came out of florida and kind of got the ball rolling ohio state in the history though has always had like the eddie georges and the the joey galloways uh the the david bostons um they they've always had greatness at Ohio State. That's the reason why they call themselves the Ohio State. So, no, I'm not going to say Ryan Day is the best coach. Uh, I want to say that, that Gophers fans need to relax and realize PJ only makes $5.1 And so nine and a half, uh, a lot of the media members in Minnesota would lose their absolute minds, especially because they keep trying to bring up the fact that certain sports were canceled and then coaches are getting extensions, not realizing, like, hey, it was a pandemic. Coaches were giving money back. Um, but, yeah, PJ is only making 5.1. I think PJ is just as good as Ryan Day. You look at what he does with what he has. Um, that's like going and sit down and having a meal. And one guy gets prime rib. He gets filet mignon. He gets scallop potatoes. He gets the carrots, the broccoli. He gets all that. And the other guy gets like, hey, here's some here's some some beef. Um, and here's a couple, you know, a couple potatoes. And, you know, hey, both of you go make a meal. Well, one guy is going to make a great meal just because of the ingredients he has. Like, it's going to be like you can overcook the steak and people are still going to be like, oh, man, this is this is not bad. This is pretty good. So, you know, it's good enough to get there. Um, whereas PJ can take some hamburger and potatoes and turn it into an awesome gourmet like souffle or something. You know, like I, I think you look at the ingredients of the two and I'm going to put PJ Fleck ahead of Ryan Day. I just think he does more. Uh, with less and and so and that's and that's truly because when you look at the recruiting the nils um ohio state is you know a lot of people you know they were already playing paying terrell Pryor and and, and and maurice claret before they had nils at ohio state before it was before it was legal and so they were getting you know they were doing stuff for tat they were getting tattoos for jerseys and signing autographs for cars um so they already had nils at ohio state and so now it's just legal and so they're taking advantage of it. I think Gopher fans need to, you know, we got too many Fortune 500 and CEOs in the state to not be killing the NIL recruitment, you know. And I, you know, I think 
you know, tag everybody, tag Best Buy in this, you know, podcast, tag Target, tag whoever you want, tag, you know, General Mills, tag them all, Orlando Lakes. It's got to be some NIL money for these players that we can put together and go out and go recruit some high school kids that you guys really want to see in the state of Minnesota that are on their target list as a power, you know, a star, four star, five star. And if we do that, PJ Flex for sure, the number one coach in the Big Ten. But no, but I think he, I, I think him and Day are, you know, I think they're pretty even. It's just Day's ingredients, man. Like he, he gets, he gets, it's easy to recruit at Ohio State. And that's, that's where I think it is. But he's, you know what? I'm never going to hate anybody getting money. Go get your money, man. Great for you. Um, there's no salary cap in college, so hey, go do it. Yeah, uh, hats off to him for for doing what he should be doing at Ohio State, which is winning like a lot of games every year. And I think yeah. he's kind of lived up to the in. You know, he he's definitely not in Urban Meyer's shadow anymore. Whereas I think you know Jim Harbaugh, who's another big name coach. I don't know if he's quite lived up to the expectations at Michigan until last year. Uh, they had been in Ohio State's shadow, so it is really about what you're given. Pat Fitzgerald, some years, might be considered the best coach in the Big Ten with what yeah. he does at a small school in Northwestern without a lot of a, a big fan base. Well, yeah, well, that'll do it for the Ron Johnson Show. I want to thank Sam Ekstrom. Great job today, Sam. Uh, I want to thank everybody for watching. Please subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota on our YouTube channel. You can find the Ron Johnson Show on there as well as our other podcasts. And you can also download, take us wherever you want. Imagine sitting on the plane and hearing about we're going to get this NIL started in Minnesota. So join that movement, and we're going to join the movement of hashtag Let's Get Tatum to London. Thank you, and have a great day.